A draw is better than a loss. I am the champ. Oh my god. No, no, no. <laughs> no I, <didn't. laughs> I, I believe that is the quadruple. Aaron Rodgers is phenomenal. Come on, Jared Goff. Come on. Any trade that involves you getting Drew Locke, you probably lost. Well, I guess everyone knew more than I did. The amount of times that you have been on stage with less than reputable clothing. Yes, indeed. We have no shit. Enough said on that. I can neither confirm or deny. Shout out to um, Raccoon Red. Clearly, I have a lot of opinions about this. Hello and welcome to another episode of Improper Fantasy Football. My name is Mark. And I am Biz. A bit under the weather this week. Week, uh, Lots of bugs going around, but how are you doing? I am... Uh, oh my gosh. I'm wearing I, my Chargers hat loud and proud. Oh, he, Biz <laughs> got on the stream and he's just got his head like pointed down and he gave me crap a few weeks ago about setting him a Chargers hat. He is representing it loud and proud. Uh, back, no longer being a closeted Chargers fan, he is now currently, for the time being, he, he is allowed to change his mind, an actual Chargers fan. We'll get into that when we get into our game recaps, but Biz, how are you? I'm good. Yeah. Um, kind of back from my, my travels, I was in New York um, and then uh, the Queen City, Cincinnati for a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah, look, you know, it was fun traveling, had a good couple of weeks. Uh, now back in the DMV and uh, yeah, f- feeling a bit under the weather, you know, lots of uh, holes and bugs going around. Um, thankfully, it's not um, hopefully nothing more serious, but um, but yeah, uh, excited to to get into the first week of the fantasy playoffs. and. Uh, Talk some charges. Absolutely. <laughs> and if you listeners are having success in your fantasy league, let us know. Our uh, our Twitter handle is uh, at Improper Fantasy, and our email account is Improper Fantasy Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you're doing so far in the late December fantasy games. Uh, personally, for me, in non podcast league uh, news, uh, the other leagues that I'm in, I made the playoffs in two of my leagues. I've moved on to the semis in both of those leagues. So we'll see if I am as jovial after Christmas uh, as I am about that today. But I'm not in the playoffs for this podcast league. So let's talk to somebody who is in the playoffs. Somebody who gave a fairly convincing victory in his playoff victory this week. Well, you know, I'm I'm really one to brag or boast, as you know, on this podcast. Um, you know, as a, as a, it's very true. You know, so I. Uh, but as the saying goes, you know, form is temporary, class is permanent, and I bumbled and stumbled into the playoffs. I was seven and three. I lost four on the bounce, four on the trot. I uh, barely made the playoffs at seven and seven. But you know, once you're in the dance, you're always in with a shout and. Um, it was a fairly convincing victory over over your your buddy Ryan. Good old Ryan. Um, 106 to, to 85. Justin Fields didn't show up again. Najee Harris, you know, wet the bed. Um I continue to be frustrated by him. Um, but because Josh Jacobs went out, I actually picked up Zamir White. Yeah, you did. Again, I did. And against my better judgment, I just thought. You know, Najee Harris is, is more of the stable pick because he did have a few good weeks. And I should have played Zamir White, who had a very good game. Look, we all know what what the, the Raiders did to the Chargers. We I do. mean, you know, Aiden O'Connell, Aiden O'Connell, I believe, was the fantasy uh, leader in, in QB last week. So, um, but 
thankfully, my skill players, um, Amari Cooper and David Njoku, the last couple of weeks, they've just been on a tear. David Njoku, the last couple of weeks, I mean, he scored 25.4 points last week. I believe he got 22. I didn't play him last week. Devonta Adams had a very good game, obviously, against the Chargers. Amari Cooper, I mean, Joe Flacco seems to have built this rapport with Amari Cooper and, and David Njoku, and, and it's been great for me. So, um, but I, I'm, you know, now I'm in the semifinals against the league leader and against the winner of our league, Andy, who I'm sure would like nothing more than to brush me into, <laughs> into oblivion after my, after my uh, take on the trade. Um, and I do have this sneaky feeling that DJ Moore is going to come back to bite me in the behind. Um, look, I've got my work cut out this week. I'm playing the guy that w- that won the league, I believe, at uh, 11-3. and three. Um, He was lights out. All day. He didn't lose a game until I believe he was 10-0. and 0. So, um, But, you know, I, the fact is I'm, I'm in the playoffs and I won my first playoff game, which, given how I was looking, was pretty appalling so i'm looking forward to it although i do i actually do have um a kind of funny story so i was i was at a christmas party um a couple of days ago um uh, actually yesterday uh when i got back and um uh i was chatting to someone who was who was a bears fan and we were just chatting um he's from chicago we were chatting about the bears browns game on the weekend and about the you know hail mary um, and I was just asking him his thoughts about Justin Fields. And he, he was, like a lot of people, was like, you know, I, the jury's still out. I'm not sure. Like, I don't think it's, it's yet the time to think, of, think about looking for a new QB. But there are arguments that... And, um, but he said to me, he said, you know, the thing is, Justin Fields has a bona fide number one receiver in DJ Moore. And so, and I suddenly, you know, I was like, you know what? I stand corrected. I... I stand corrected on the trade. You know, you heard it here first. Wow. I was wrong. I was wrong. You know, Andy, fair play to you. Fair play to you. I was wrong. It was a fair trade. First time. There was a first time for everything. And, you know, I'm always one to admit when I'm wrong, aren't I, Mark? And admit my mistakes. Well, this is the first time. (laughs) So, fair play. You know know I'm buttering up, Andy, in advance (laughs) of our matchup. But but the one caveat I will say is that at the time, you just need to look at who was Justin Herbert's coach. So that's all I'm going to say on that. I'm just going to leave it at that. The other quarterfinal matchup in our league was won by a friend of the podcast, Justin, who dominated Ollie. And, you know, I personally was thinking about the, the semifinal matchup as being this is this should have been uh, the winner of Biz versus Justin, but because of the way that Ollie had played in the last week of the season, like it, it looks like Ollie's team is just kind of falling apart. It, it's understandable why his team struggled as much as it did going down the stretch. Um, Justin put up an absolutely dominating performance, 135 points. Uh, when our league tends to hang around, like I've said before, like 115, 120 points for, for good teams on a week-to-week basis. So hats off to Justin. Um, so now we have this semi... He's still, I'm presuming he's still on the chat saying, I don't know how my team continues to win. I believe he's <laughs> contemplating changing the name of his team to that. Uh, I don't know how the, this team is still winning. Um, but with that being the case, that's 
you know, you have two semifinal matchups. Those will determine who's going to be in the championship game. But I would argue there's a more important championship game this coming week. And and I, I kind of joked around with it this week, but now I'm going all in. I'm putting my chips in the pot. Uh, both Mark and I, improper Mark and I, won our first round consolation matchup. And because of that, the two of us are now locked in a heated consolation bracket matchup. Remember that in the last week of the season, Mark and I beat Biz and Justin to almost make it this perfect. Like, whoever wins that, they should go on and face each other the following week to be the podcast champion. Well, we didn't get that in the first round. It was just delayed by a bye week that both of us earned, as it turns out. And now you're going to have improper Mark versus me, Mark, for what I am proclaiming (laughs) to be the podcast championship. Now, this is not the league championship. This is not a consolation bracket championship. But I could argue this means more because this has soul behind it. So improper Mark, I'm coming for you. It is currently looking like it is a very close matchup. I say close matchup. He's currently projected to beat me by 10 points. But you got to play the games to win. So, Mark, I'm coming for you. Well, projections, smections, they never they, they never pan out. The one thing I'm going to say is, you know, um, the consolation bracket is completely meaningless. You, you've heard me say <laughs> this many, many times on the podcast. I mean, who cares about the consolation bracket? I mean, well, this I don't isn't know. for I, the consolation yeah. bracket. This is for more than that, Biz. This is for so much oh, more. It's, for, it's so, for so much more. So much you know more. What? For once, I mean, for once, I, I am. I'm going to hope my esteemed co-host crushes. Ah, oh, yeah. He's just been. He's just been yapping away the last few weeks. Even even this past week, he's going on. Biz, did you check your total? And for those who don't know, I I don't check my totals until. Well, normally Sunday night, but because I had DeAndre Swift going on Monday night against Seattle, I thought, you know what, I'm, not, I'm just not going to check. And when I say I don't check, I know it's not that I don't follow the games or the scores. I, I, I look at the box score and I know how the stat lines of my players. So I, I kind of have a feeling and a gut reaction of how I know where my team is roughly, but I don't actually check as I go along. Um, but obviously, this time I waited until Monday night after uh, Eagle Seattle because I had DeAndre Swift going. And Improper Mark was, you know, was sort of like an excited child at Christmas, like wanting to tell me how I'm doing. I was going, and then obviously had to go on about go on about how much better he did than me this week, even though he didn't give away how I did. But as I just said to my esteemed co-host before, he scored 126 points. Like, okay, that's fair enough. But it's not exactly that he scored too hard. He was taught, he was yapping as if he'd scored like 250 points. And he said, my team did very well. I mean, yeah, it was good. But Justin scored more points than, than you did last week. And even my steamed co-host scored a lot more points than you did last week. And he didn't even get in the playoffs. And even Spencer scored more points than you did. So, okay, I mean, if 126.78 excites you that much fair play but mark you're gonna have to do me a solid this week and um and uh and be improper mark and we'll see what i can do about that and claiming that podcast crown the rightful podcast crown although the consolation if i don't win this weekend's match is we get to hear mark lord it over your head and you know that that's going to happen (laughs) whereas if i win 
I'm going to just proclaim it on this podcast. I'm going to do my best biz impression and try to be as insufferable in victory as I possibly can. Because Lord knows me? I haven't me? had that many opportunities on this podcast. So I'm going to take every opportunity I oh, can. I'm very humble. I, <laughs> I, I never gloat. I never boast. I'm very, you know, I'm into the camaraderie. I'm, I'm you know. Um, but yeah, once again, the, the consolation bracket is meaningless. But, but let's move on. Let's move on. So just to be able to bring everything together... The, uh, the semis this week will be Kelly versus Justin, the two versus the three seed. That's uh, 11 and three Kelly versus 10 and four Justin. Currently, Kelly has got kind of a juggernaut score projection. He's currently he's currently projected to get 24 points more than Justin, and Justin's score doesn't look that bad. Uh, meanwhile, uh, correcting a uh, comment from earlier, Andy, who went 12 and two this year uh, as the one seed playing against Biz. The fifth seed, seven and seven. And right now, <laughs> right, you, to, oh, you have to tell my record. Okay, fine. I tailed the record, but I also want to point out that based off of projection, Biz is currently slated to win. Projection schmection, right, Biz? Yeah. Well, as you say, yeah, you just put the kiss of death on me that I'm projected to look. He he went twelve and two. His his team is is stacked. Um, you know, he's got Matthew Stafford going, who's been good the last few weeks. Um, obviously he's got, I mean, his, his wide receiving core, he's got, uh, Stefan Diggs, DJ Moore and CD Lamb. I mean, that's a, that's a very, very solid receiving core. Yeah. And he's got TJ Hawkinson at tight end. Um, so that's where, and, and he's got David Montgomery, um, in Detroit, who's kind of doing well. Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah. But he's just got a very, very solid team. Um, me, I mean, I've still got some work to, I mean, I, Josh Jacobs, who knows if he's going to be available. Um, again, in which case I might have to do some, um, you know, some waiver wire, wire pickup. Um, so yeah, I've, I've still got some work to do. Um, and, uh, yeah, well, but it's going to be a good, it's going to be a good, uh, good week. Hopefully I, you know, I can, I can get the win, but I'm certainly not the favorite this week. Well, talking about teams that aren't the favorite, I'm going to go ahead and bring this back to our game recaps. Uh, we're going to definitely talk about the Raiders versus Chargers as one of our recaps for the week. I do want to just correct one thing that you mentioned. Uh, you said that Aiden O'Connell led the uh, quarterbacks in fantasy scoring this past week. He was fourth because while they scored a bunch of points, keep in mind that there were a lot of defensive scores, return scores, uh, running True. scores as well. Uh, but three quarterbacks scored more than he did. Brock Purdy had an awesome game. Jared Goff in our league had an awesome game. And I... And Baker Mayfield was the leading scorer in fantasy this oh, past week. Oh, yeah, I, I, why, I knew you were going to go there. Of course, we had to get a Baker Mayfield. That's becoming your new, like, Seattle thing. Drink, everyone. So, Baker Mayfield. We... I, I just want the <laughs> listeners to know that I am loving this as much as I possibly can. I, I honestly don't know where Biz got that I'm a big fan of Baker Mayfield. But it might be one of those things that I'm like, hey, I'm kind of hoping for, like, the Bucks to like have this like underdog resurgence story, even though the fact that they won a Super Bowl recently, uh, I, it's kind of fun to see Baker Mayfield kind of like show the haters wrong. Just because Baker Mayfield has had this like stigma about him ever since he came in, Biz hates the fact that he planted the flagpole uh, when he was in college. But here's what I'll say: <laughs> um, I'm not the biggest Baker Mayfield fan in the world. This is a hilarious season to to, to watch him play, um, but it, it is. Impressive. The fact that he went and he had a perfect quarterback rating 
in Lambeau. No quarterback had ever done that before. That was an opposing quarterback. Yeah, I mean, he had an amazing 381 yards, four touchdowns. No picks. 37 fancy points. I mean, yeah, to go to Green Bay, which is one of the toughest places to go and play. Um, congrats to him. Yeah. He, he has been good a, a decent quarterback this year he's been good good yeah i mean i'm looking i'm looking at his scores he if you take kind of 15 points as the average he's only had i think so one two three games he's only had three games without without scoring 15 points which for baker mayfield i mean you know this has been a kind of revitalized year uh, you know revitalized baker mayfield this year i'm i am actually happy for him because i think he's a good enough quarterback to be a starter in the league and i think i was a bit worried that after what happened with the browns debacle um and then he got bounced around a bit didn't he, he and then he went to the rams went to the the panthers um, went to the rams now the it's panthers, on the box. that was his the panthers yeah. then the rams and and was it just kind of it, it almost felt like he was going to be a bit of a journeyman but um, I'm happy that he's now found. I mean, he's been a decent starting quarterback this decent. year, and obviously that that division is very weak. Um, and they're they're leading the division. Um, it's still anyone's it's still anyone's game, but he has he has had a good year this year. So moving away from the Baker Love talk, let's talk again. We're going to focus on the Chargers versus Raiders. Uh, this is clearly the story of the week. Uh, not just the fact that the Raiders put up one of the highest scoring games that we've seen in the NFL, 63 points over the Chargers, 21 points. The Raiders were leading 42 to zero at halftime. A lot of people were wondering if they would get to 80. And as the game was winding down, people were thinking, okay, it's clearly going to be 70. And you saw in that last drive that the Raiders were just like, you know what? We have 63 points. There's no reason to like risk getting people injured. Let's not, let's do some gamesmanship in here. And yeah, at least 63 points is good enough. And that's considering the point, fact that we've already had a 70 point game this season uh, with the, the Dolphins game, some fantastic fireworks. Um, we could go on and on about the, how good Zamir White looked in this game. We could go on and on about yeah. how yeah. Uh, exciting everybody was for how well Aiden O'Connell played. And Easton Stick actually had a, yeah. a, a halfway decent game. He was one of the higher fantasy performers this week. Yeah, he did. But that's not the story of this game. Both you and I know that that's not. The story of this game was the following morning, what you have been praying for, not just this year, not just last year, but going all the way back to the season before. You remember it. (laughs) The Chargers versus Raiders. The Chargers decided to go for it in that overtime game. Brandon Stanley's like, nah, no, we're not going to tie. We're not going to book. We're going to knock you out. And then the Raiders just kicked the field goal to win it in overtime. Brandon Staley's fired. Brandon Staley is fired. Biz, no, are you sure? Are you sure? Biz, are you sure it's happened? When you got that text in the chat, how happy were you? Uh, I, was, I, was, I was elated. I, I think <laughs> it's hard to kind of express into words that... that when you talk, when you go that far back, when you talk about that Chargers Raiders uh, sort of season ending game where both could have gone in with a tie and the game was looking like that, and it's like Brandon Staley is like, no, 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 I'm cleverer than all you people. There's that. Then you have last year when how many, how many coaches would get to keep their job after 
blowing a 27-0, or was it 27-3? Oh, it was 27-0. Uh, oh, I mean, I, even when you say it now, it's laughable that he even kept his job after that. And it's just... It, it, it was... I, I'm, I'm just... He deserved to be fired. It's often... We, we always talk about, oh, you know, you don't want to advocate for someone losing their job. But the one thing I'm going to say about that is that you know, yes, you, it's, you don't want to say, oh, this person should get sacked and this person... But we don't want to see people... Do paid... Yeah, we don't want to see anybody lose well, their job. Well, except is. what I was going to say is... What I was going to say is that these coaches get paid millions and millions of dollars a year. And so I think there's... You know, it's not like the everyday... It's not... They make tons of money. So I'm like, they're going to be okay. We just saw Jimbo Fisher get... Sacked, and was he getting seventy-five million dollars as a, as a oh uh, buying God, out his contract? Yeah, it was like so seventy something. Yeah. So, I mean, I think he's going to be okay. So, I think this idea of oh, you know, you're an advocate. I mean, they're going to be fine. I don't know how many years he had left on his contract, but he's still going to be fine next year, even if he doesn't coach. So, th- I just want to get that out of the way. But it's not even the fact that he has done a woeful job with the Chargers. It's the reason why I always get on him, it's, it's not just the, the fourth and stadies that we talk about where he just goes for it all the time. It's the, it's the sheer arrogance of him. Even after the debacle against the Raiders, he was basically saying, I still think I'm the right person for the job. I mean, how arrogant do you, do you have to be to not be like, I mean, that team quit on him. That They were playing against the Raiders team without their starting quarterback without their stud running back in Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, they all, and they put 63 points up. They were up 42-0 at half time. I mean, it's... And you, you come... Uh, after the game, you come to the press conference and still advocate and say, oh, I know how hard I've worked. And I, I have read some reports about how pe- you know, people say that he's, he's almost too clever for his own good. He still believes that he's the cleverest person. And I mean, I hope it's damaging for, for him in, in, in kind of further down, because I don't, I don't think he should ever get another head coaching job. The, la- the last thing I'm going to say on this is just, it's, it's not that, because if you look at the totality, his record wasn't absolutely horrific. I believe, I, th- I believe he was about 500 uh, in, in his totality. But the main, the, the issue is that even at, as we speak, the Chargers arguably have the most talented team in the NFL. We talk about it every year, the last couple of years. They have a start. Okay, Justin Herbert's gone down, but, you know, the, they have one of the best quarterbacks in the league in Justin Herbert. They have one of the best running backs in the league in Austin Eckler, who's also had a bit of a down year. They have a stud wide receiver in, in Keenan Allen. Their defense is, is excellent with uh, Joey Bosa, and Khalil Mack. Uh, this is also another stat. Khalil Mack is leading the league in sacks this year with 15. And look at what the Chargers do. They just gave up 63 to the Raiders. And so, to me, that's coaching. That's, that's when you have that much talent. That team has no business being out of the playoff race pretty much already. I mean, even though technically they're not, but they basically are. Um, and having a, a, a woefully like losing record. So, I'm I'm happy he's gone. They need a coach that can develop Justin Herbert and, and can just just be smarter all around and not blow leads and not. 
there's always about being, you know, gambling, going for it on fourth and down. But yeah, um, finally the time has come. It's over for the for the long, uh, long suffering Chargers fans. So hopefully next year you will have you will have a better go of it. One of the things that I want our listeners to know is while Biz has been irate at Brandon Staley and it's turned into an all-consuming meme whenever we refer to on the Chargers on this podcast, Biz, I, I would say more than any team in the league, the team that you are the most fan of players of and the way that their team is built together as a roster and the assembly of talent, you like the Chargers. You actually yes, really do like the Chargers. So, yes, um, that's why it's so disheartening for me. When you take a look at a roster like the Chargers that has an assembly of talent, and I'm just going to list off names, that has Austin Eckler, that has Keenan Allen, that even though he's on IR, that has Mike Williams, Quinton Johnson yes. has looked very yeah. good in the past few weeks or so. They have a, 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 a wide range of of tight ends, Gerald Everett, Nick Vanette, two yeah. former Seahawks, by the way, Donald Parham, this gigantic monster who can just like get these goal line mm. snags and an offensive line that's littered with first round talent like Rashawn Slater and Zion Pro Bowl or Corey Lindsley on this roster. You look at the defense, you've got uh, Kenneth Murray Jr. who's been looking better the past couple of years as a first round talent. But of course, you've got Joey Bosa who has been on IR. Uh, Khalil Mack, Derwin James, Asante Samuel Jr., Sebastian Jr. Yep. Like, look, th this this roster is supposed to be exciting. This roster is supposed to be one of the reasons why every single year, Biz and I look at the Chargers and say, they can do it. Although yeah. this year, Biz, it, it was clear he was exhausted that the beginning of the season, the Brandon Staley-isms is just going to, the cloud's going to hang over the franchise that otherwise could deliver some of the best football that we could see. And we're getting robbed at it. We, we are robbed of it by the decisions that the coaching has been doing. So yeah. it is sad to see Justin Herbert, not for the rest of the season. Um, at the same time, mm. we're going to see this team kind of look different when they get a new coach in. You may see some of these older pieces start to move away as they try to trade yeah. or accumulate talent that's best suited to build around their franchise quarterback. It's not a rookie contract anymore. They're going to have to start paying no. him big money. So yeah. some defensive players will have to go. We may see Khalil Mack get traded. We may see Derwin James yeah. get traded. And that's not fun when you can imagine what once was. But think about like 15 years ago when this team had LaDainian Tomlinson and Antonio Gates yeah. and Vincent Jackson and Sean Merriman and mm. this huge, it's almost like, you're looking into a mirror of the same thing that happened. All the talent, arguably the most talent in the league, and they just couldn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Who do you think is who, or who do you think is going to be the next Chargers head coach? I mean, you you hear stories out there that maybe Bill Belichick might might go there and you know develop Justin Herbert. Obviously, with defensive pieces there, defense is his calling card. Maybe he can, you know go there and do some things. I, I don't think it would be a great fit personally, but no, you know. I think the fact that Herbert's already making huge money is going to be a deterrent uh, for Bill Belichick because he doesn't have somebody that's taking the Brady deal every single year. And he doesn't have, oh. he has a situation where he's got to start taking a look at contracts and realizing that for him to make the moves he wants to, he's going to have to move off of pieces. That's not what you want when you're uh, an established head coach that either has the decision of either retiring as one of the all time greats or, going to a team that needs a massive rebuild overhaul. I, I don't think Belichick is the right fit for that. Uh, if you were going to like push me against a wall, I would probably tell you, I don't think Jim Harbaugh is going to end up there. 
Although I think he's the most likely high profile candidate to end up there. I think that they're going to be looking more into the college ranks. And you know what's like part of me actually thinks Lincoln Riley ends up there. And Ooh. I mean, like L.A. right in there. And I understand that, like, he's signed a long term deal with USC and he's like gone all in. All in. Interesting. But I, I think that there's a very real chance that you see Lincoln Riley uh, at the Chargers, which that could be really, really fun. Uh, because you it know that be. he's an offensive-minded head coach. He is. He is. Yeah, he is. Yeah. So we will see uh, how the Chargers coaching situation plays off. But I think we've talked enough about the situation. It was an awesome fireworks display to watch that whole game. And um, Devontae Adams actually did things for you that game for your fantasy players. <laughs> he actually got a touchdown oh, very, very so late. Spot. In the game, but at the same time, well, but that, but this was the thing. They were like every time on the. I was looking. Oh, they're up thirty-five nil, forty-two, and I was looking at Devontae Adams, and he he he'd had fairly decent. But I was like, it's forty-two nil, and he hasn't scored yet. No, nope, so, it was yeah, Jacoby Myers. It was yeah, uh, yeah. Trey yeah. Hunter or Probably, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I, gosh, I I feel bad about not knowing. Yeah, they were just spread around. It was just everywhere, and then, and then yeah, like late in the game, Devontae yeah. Adams got his. Uh, we're going to talk about one other game this week. Um, Biz and I are going to look to have a shorter podcast today. It's a holiday weekend. Biz, are you doing any traveling for the, the holidays? I'm, um, yes, we're going to, um, going to New Jersey um, to visit my sister-in-law. Um, the kind of whole family is going to decamp there. But uh, my other half and I are actually... Um, you know, we actually thought, so we're going to stay in a hotel as well for a couple of days rather than, because there's a lot of people there. So we thought, you know, when yeah. when the, the, the party dies down or when it, so we're going to go and have a nice, um, you know, so we're staying in a hotel for a couple of days as well, just very close to the house so we can, you know, uh, sort of relax as well a little bit. So yeah, so look, looking forward to it. It'd be nice to, so we're leaving on Christmas morning, um, just going for a couple of days back on the 27th. So uh, yeah, it should be fun. How about you? So I'm going to be driving down to the Olympia area, spending the holidays with my family. Um, nice. My, uh, my brother-in-law is a diehard Eagles fan, and everybody else in the household is a, are, are, are Seahawks fans. You see why I brought that, that conversation up. We're talking about Eagles did, versus Seahawks. <laughs> so so you're, is your brother-in-law from Philly? He's not. Uh, he's just always <laughs> been uh, an Eagles fan. He's bounced around a lot, kind of like me, bounced around to a lot of different places as he grew different up cities, and he just yeah. liked the Eagles and it's one of those things that okay. he picked his team and he stuck with it um uh shout out to Jason the two of us actually played in the quarterfinals of the family uh league that we've got uh Jason is like a seven-time champion in our league and uh wow. I don't know if I had ever beaten him in the playoffs but this year I got him so I'm moving on he's not wow and uh Seahawks so, beat the Eagles so, too so it's poetic they did it's so interesting though because I don't believe since since we've been doing this podcast or since our league, I don't believe you've ever been in the playoffs in our league. But yet in your other leagues, you're always in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And there's always this odd, there's always this odd malaise where, when it comes to the league that you do a podcast on. So I mean, you sure. never get in the playoffs. I think it's a deliberate. deliberate it could be thing. deliberate. We have to have the lows and the highs, and you're just clearly <laughs> so good. I have to uh, balance it out clearly. Wow, um, that's very for our listeners' say. I, sake. I rarely boast. The you know. year before we started this podcast, I came in second to Justin in the in the championship. Just so everybody knows, that's true. That's true. You did. Um, okay. But um, this was a league up until last year that I never won the championship, and I finally won the uh, the family championship last year. That league has got a lot of like dedicated football fans. 
Um, and some people that play a little bit more casually, but like you've got, I, I'd say six, seven, eight people that are just like absolute diehard fantasy football players. Um, I think the last I checked it on our Yahoo rankings, we had five or six people in our league that were ranked diamond times five, at least in our fantasy league, wow. including wow. myself. Um, but I digress. I, this is not about me, but this is about my team, the Seattle Seahawks having a Monday night football game for the ages um, in a game that to be fair, Jalen hurts was not playing at full strength. He did have a bug that people didn't know if he was going to be starting, but at the same time you had drew lock playing and this use your favorite player is your boy. <laughs> I'm like, people know about my opinions about drew lock as a leader in the past, but I've also <laughs> said multiple times on this podcast that if drew lock can, uh, can mature, if Drew Locke can show more of the humility that he was showing in the offseason this past week when he got uh, this past offseason when he was interviewed a couple of times. Uh, and if he can show that he can actually go out there and make big plays happen when the lights are down on him, I am more than happy to give people second chances. I don't want my personal opinions about like somebody's beliefs or something like that. Um, he has some uh, COVID vaccine like views that I, I strongly disagree with. But at the same time, that has no bearing on whether or not he's a leader uh, within the organization, questionably. But it also has no no bearing on whether or not he can perform in the big moments. And no player this past week, I could argue, played bigger uh, than that last drive the Seahawks had at the end of Monday Night Football this week when he, after struggling for, I would say, maybe about three quarters or so. Um, and the Eagles were draining that clock by running, running, running. They did not want... Jalen Hurts to have a lot of time that he had to be out on the field. They were that, that first quarter yeah. went by so fast. I think that they that first drive that the Eagles had to open up the game lasted nine and a half minutes. They wanted that game yeah. done quick. But uh, Kenneth Walker, he was running all over the place for the first three quarters. The Seahawks are like, "Cool, you're going to run? Yeah, that's our game too. Let's 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 play. Let's play." And at the end of the game, after being harassed for the majority of the game, DK Metcalf comes up big with a catch that I don't think anybody thinks that he had any business catching the one off of his thigh uh, that yeah. th they looked at a couple times. They're like, how did he possibly catch that? And then he catches yeah. another play. And then before the snap on that last pass, uh, Drew Locke tells JSN that, hey, if they're playing man, I'm coming straight for you. And you saw the coverage. They went straight into man. It was actually soft coverage on JSN. And it's soon as the ball is snapped, JSN guns it. Drew Locke pulls back, fires it with all the confidence in the world and just drops it in the perfect bucket spot in the end zone where only JSN could get it. And then the whole thing was capped off by not the first, but the second of inter uh, yeah. second interception, interception by Julian Love, that small toe tap that I'm still not convinced actually was, but at the same time, you can't say that it wasn't. And the call on the field was that it was. As in the two two feet down? Yeah, the two feet down. So I think it was. When you take a look the, at that, his 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 uh I think it's his right foot comes down as the toe tap, but you can't guarantee when it went down that he actually touches the ground because almost as soon as it gets to there, like the foot starts floating backwards. So it's like, did it actually? Uh, but at the same time, there's no conclusive evidence. How do you overturn it? How do you overturn it? Yeah. So yeah. When they made the call that it was an interception, I knew that the game was over. And I was a, a little elated and a little deflated because amongst the teams that are competing in the NFC, the Eagles are the team that I'm still rooting for the most to win besides my Seahawks. But I'm, I don't have delusions of grandeur of that right now. 
Although, if Drew Locke is playing well down the stretch, and if Geno Smith is still having the issues that he's been having, then, like, right now, Drew Locke has played two games. First one was his first start in two years, and he looked a little iffy, but he looked fine. And then this past week, he showed up in the biggest moment. Like, I, I couldn't be more happy for his progression. And I'm glad that when we went ahead and traded for him that he was kind of a toss in at the very, very end. And it, listeners who have listened to this podcast and the entry to this podcast multiple times, and my favorite quote is about whenever you have a, whenever you, you make a trade and you have drew Locke coming back to you, you know, you've lost that trade. And like, I stand corrected. So, wow. You heard it here. First. I stand corrected. What after one, after one big game, come on. I, look, hey, I'm, I'm one game say... when we still have a chance to make the playoffs. I'm not saying he's going to be our starter forever. I'm not going to say he's going to start next week, but at the same time, he proved that as a backup quarterback, he was worth it. And this year, more than ever, more than ever, we have seen the worth of what a backup quarterback is. Yeah, no, I agree. Look, it was a massive win for Seattle. Uh, you stopped the rot because I believe you'd lost four straight, yep, hadn't you? We did. Um, and you were six and seven. So now you're back in the mix for, for getting in that wild card. So it was a massive win, not only because you were playing the Eagles, but, you know, we did talk about this. That I, th- I certainly felt Seattle had a chance. You were playing the Eagles at the right time. They'd lost two on the bounce. Eagles now have lost three on the bounce. Um, that last drive, yeah, was Drew Locke was great. But I have to say, DK Metcalf and Jackson Smith and Jigba, were, th- those catches were phenomenal. I think often when this thing you talk about, oh, Drew Locke was great. But to be fair, I think it's just as much on the wide receiver. I mean, DK Metcalf, those two catches were sensational. Like the one off his thigh, he had no business catching. The second one down the sidelines, where he was kind of in between two defenders, was a great, was a great throw, but still, it was, a, it was a fantastic catch. And, and I'm going to, you know, slightly disagree with you. The, the, the throw to JSN... I'm actually going to say it was more JSN. I mean, it wasn't in the bread basket. He did have to reach for it. No, not in the um, bread basket. In the bucket that only he can catch it. He, oh, kind of like okay, a Tyler yeah, Lockett enough, type of catch. Enough. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. But he had to reach for it and he had to control Absolutely. it and he had to maintain control of it. So, I mean, I, what the Eagles were doing on on different. I mean, we've talked about this, and you know more about the X's and O's. This. This kind of, you know, prevent defense where it's like, don't give up the big score. But everyone does it. Whenever anyone does that, you see teams just give up chunk yeah, plays. The Eagles chunk have plays. been, so if it's showing that James you... Bradbury could be exposed all the past like four or five weeks or so. Yeah. Why don't you just play your normal defense and get after it? It's like you're so fearful of a team scoring. So you give them stuff. Don't give up anything big. But then by doing that, you still give people maybe 10, 15 yards. But anyway, um, it was a, it was a massive win for Seattle. Um, and the Eagles are going in the wrong direction fast. I mean, you know, they're, they've lost three on the bounce. Yeah. They're no longer in control. But do you know who they're playing down the stretch? Really. They do have a good, yeah, yeah. Come on. They're going to win yeah, at least two have... of those games, and they're probably going to win yeah, all three. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think they're the favorites for that division, um, definitely. Because even if they finish with same record as Dallas Cowboys. They would have the tiebreaker. Yeah, if they win they out, have they have the division. Breaker. Right now, it's not the so, case, but they have three conference games no. and two division games, the last three games, so that'll e- turn exa- the Exactly, exactly. But, um, you know, the 49ers now, it's it's theirs to lose in terms of the number one seed. Um, and it's going to be different from last year where, every, you know, if you want to get to the Super Bowl, you're probably going to have to go through San Francisco. 
And with that being the case, we're going to leave this past weekend. It was an, a, an action-packed weekend um, with the holidays and with schedules. Yeah. We just don't have the time to go through all of them. But listeners, what was your favorite moment from this past weekend that we haven't talked about so far? Go ahead and let us know on improperfantasypodcast at gmail.com or go ahead and let us know at our Twitter handle at improperfantasy. Uh, Biz, um, you and I did not do well in our pickums last week. Uh, I just... I knew this was the scariest pick I've had so far. Yeah. Picking the Falcons against the uh, Panthers. I mean, uh, yeah, that was just woeful, woeful. And yeah. uh, I picked the Giants and uh, Tommy Cutlets. Um, oh, thank God. Gosh, he has had an interesting <laughs> week, hasn't he? Uh, doing a he free has, pizza. He has. My gosh. Yes, um, the free pizza. Yeah. And with that being the case as well, um, Mark picked the Colts. Uh, the Colts pick turned out pretty big against the Steelers. Uh, yeah. Justin picked the Browns. Uh, that pick looked, you know, pretty straightforward against uh, against Chicago. They they've pulled into a dead heat with you. The guests now have the same number of points as you for the lead. I am still two points behind both of you, but but you guys are in a lock at nine points. You and I are two points separated. I have seven points, and uh, we're taking a look at what the Week 16 matchups are. We do not have a guest pick this week because we are, you know, letting people have their travels, their fa- their uh, their family time. We'll make sure we get a double next week or the week afterwards to kind of make it. Honestly, I kind of want to make the double the fo- the last week of the season to make it, make it yeah. really, really, really uh, <laughs> stressful on everybody. But, Biz, um, I sent you the, the spreadsheet about how you've been doing um, how you looking? I did not take a look at it. Um, <laughs> uh, as true to form. As true to form. Uh, as every to form. week, I, 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 I'm a little bit more bold <laughs> with like the way that I'm leading it in, or like how, when I'm sending Biz the spreadsheet. Like it, like it's getting closer and closer to like when the podcast starts that I send it to Biz. And it's, yeah, this is my life. Biz, who are you picking this week? I don't believe I've had my Eagles pick yet. Biz, you have not had your Eagles pick this week or this this season. All the Chiefs have I? I've not had my Chiefs pick. You yet have either. not had your Chiefs pick either. You, I, I think I'm I'm going to pick. I was looking at the Eagles, Giants, or the Chiefs, Raiders, mm-hmm. and they were, you know division games. I am a bit weary about picking the Eagles because they are just trending in the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, and it's a division game. And as, as woeful as the Giants are, I, I'm, I'm a little bit weary about that. Um, I just think with the Chiefs and the Raiders, obviously, with still, you know, Aiden O'Connell there, who knows about Josh Jacobs. I think I'm going to take the Chiefs over the Raiders. Taking the Chiefs over the Raiders. Biz is cashing in his Pat Mahomes pick for the year. I am. Let's see if it works out well. Now, you do know that the Raiders just scored 63 points last week. Yeah. I mean, I mean I'm sure they scored the Raiders all of might... their points for the rest of the season in that game. <laughs> Probably. To be fair, the week before they scored zero points. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> That's fair. In the greatest game of the season so far. Now, I have used my Chiefs pick for the year. I've used my Bills pick for the year. I've used my Dolphins pick for the year. My Lions, my Jaguars picks. It's starting to get slim pickings. I still have the 49ers. I still have the Eagles. 
I'm not. Yeah, I, I kind of want to let the Eagles be my pick Ravens next is. week. I don't want to pick yeah. the 49ers this week, but there is another team out there that I've yet to pick. That seems like you know this is the right time to pick them because they're in the thick of things. It's a it's a matchup where the opponent's coming off of a big division win, but nobody's expecting them to really do much of anything. So I'm going to take the Packers uh, over Ooh. the the Panthers uh, in Carolina. Okay. And I know that the, the Panthers just upset the Falcons last week, but the, the Green Bay Packers are still in the thick of things. They easily can make the playoffs if things could break their way. Yeah. And like we'll see what, how Jordan Love plays, but the, the, these are the pickings I got. I, I don't really feel like playing the Eagles after a primetime loss, and we don't know the health of Jalen Hurts. And honestly, 49ers and the Ravens, not only am I rooting against the 49ers, but in my picks league, I'm picking the Ravens to win that game because I do think that the Ravens are... They're the best team that nobody is giving a lot of credit to. Like, people are starting to give them their dues the past week, but I think people are looking at them as like, oh, they're a soft number one. I'm like, no, this team is actually really, really, really good. Like, across everything. Whereas San Francisco yeah, has got are. some phenomenal tier one talent. Like, godlike elite players. Um, yeah. And they've got very, very good depth. Um, I still think that their it's, secondary is suspect. Um, Javarius Ward yeah. is proving me wrong more and more and more so. Um, and, you know, it's, yeah. It's, it's going to be a great game. I, I do, I, I think the 49ers are favorites, just given how they've looked since their bye week. Oh, they're absolutely, um, it's at home too. Uh, it's at home as well. Ravens have to go cross country, but I don't, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be massively surprised if the Ravens beat them. They are the current number one seed yeah. in, in the in the AFC. Yeah. Neither of us would feel comfortable taking either of those teams this week. No, no, no. Um, so just to recap, I have picked the Packers and Biz is taking the Mahomes, the Swifties. Mahomes over over Aiden O'Connell. Over Aiden O'Connell. Ah, we have a couple of more stories that we want to talk about before this week is over. Um, so the Dolphins absolutely decimated the Jets this past week. Um, <laughs> 30 to zero was the final score. Nothing was more impactful other than the result of that game to lead to Aaron Rodgers making the decision he can't come back for this season. And yeah. the reason why is because the Jets were officially eliminated from playoff contention with that loss. Yeah. So... Uh, I think everybody was kind of hoping for the story that Aaron Rodgers would return because people want to see, is this how good like recovery and rehab and medicine and surgery is going? And like this concept of like alternative medicine and like all that type of stuff, like you and I both have very similar opinions on what we think about how Aaron Rodgers has done that in the past. But at the same time, the story is great. Um, and we're not going to see that because the, the, I, I forget what it was. I think it's like Christian McCaffrey has scored six more touchdowns than the Jets have all season, something like that. Um, but yeah. it's it's a woeful offense without Aaron Rodgers, and we're going to have to wait another year before we see how that team looks like with him in place. But Jets yeah. the Jets. Yeah, ex exactly. You said it, you know, I, I can't, don't really have anything more to add. I Personally, I do think it's the right decision. Why risk Aaron Rodgers coming back perhaps too soon when when it's all over for the Jets this year? Let him get fit for next year, let him get, you know, healthy, let him come back stronger and fitter um, and start a new next, next season. So an interesting thing that is of note for the division leaders in the NFL right now, the Ravens, the Dolphins, the Chiefs, the Jaguars, 49ers, Cowboys currently, Lions and Bucks. 
all of these teams have had their starting quarterback for every single game this season. Um, mm. We mentioned before earlier this podcast that we have never seen the value of a court of a backup quarterback be as valuable as it is this season. And you can see that if you've got a good backup quarterback, you can still be in contention. But if your quarterback just stays healthy the whole time, it's it's not even close. Your team is just going to have a better winning percentage than everybody else. I completely agree with that. I mean, you know, we've seen this is the year of injuries in, uh, and so many great starting quarterbacks have gone down. And, you know, you, you mentioned if you look at the sort of evidence, all the division leaders have their starting quarterbacks who have who've been there from the beginning. So it just goes to show you, you know, what a difference having your starting quarterback can make. Well, not just that, but like you, you take a look at the Jaguars. They're a team that's currently fighting for that AFC South spot. Um, and Trevor Lawrence easily could have made the decision to not play last game because of that, that sprain that he had. And there's a chance he doesn't start this week because he's in concussion protocol right now. But the value of having your leader on the field to lead, even if it does lead to a loss here or there, but just that consistency of making sure that people are still in rhythm, the timing is still there. It's it's yeah. even that can just be important by itself, just not having a change of of leadership. Well, it, exactly. It's it's. It's the time it takes to implement a new scheme with a backup quarterback. What are they good at? What are they not so good at? Learning the playbook, things like that. Um, it's just having that continuity. We know that the system often with these teams is everything. Um, and so to not have to completely overhaul a, a system takes time. So, yeah, as you say, the continuity, it just helps having a kind of seamless way going into the season that people know what they're doing and know their jobs and know the playbook. So I see a couple of notes that uh, Biz added in our show notes here. Um, Biz says Bears Hail Mary. And my question to Biz is which one? <laughs> the one at the end of the one at the very end of the game. There was so also the, the one at the, the end of the first half, too. And they both oh, well, ended yeah, up in interception. The... And that actually meant that Justin Fields was the very first quarterback in NFL history to have two Hail Marys at the end of halves in the same game, picked off. No, no, no. The last one was not picked off. The one at the end of the game was not picked off. No, the, stats, the, in... the stats say that it was picked off because it fell, it bounced up because somebody swatted it and a Bears player got down underneath uh, to try to, 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 they were recognizing the swat. And who is the player that came up with that? Because I'm reading this. It was Mooney. It was, Mooney it went was down to get it. Um, in the stat sheets, Bell ended up with the pick officially. Oh, okay. But I mean, you have to you have to catch that. I mean, it fell right. I mean, talk about the bread basket. It was right in his lap. And as a wide receiver, you cannot make that. I mean, the whole end of that game, I mean, the Browns go down and they they you know, they kick a field goal to go up 36 seconds to go. And then, and then the Bears come down and, and, you know, it gets batted down, falls right into his lap. I mean, you've got to catch that. I mean, uh, it was, I, I feel sorry for the Bears, but, you know, they're in – well, they have the Panthers pick, so they're, they're in the hunt for that, for that number one pick. Yep. They certainly are. We're going to have a lot of time this offseason to talk about the draft and uh, how those picks are going to go yeah. once they're solidified. Biz, how many mock drafts deep are you in for the draft this year? So I've already done about 17. You know, I've got, I've got lots of A4 sheets of paper. I've already dissecting teams. 
Um, you know, I can give Mark some tips on, you know, drafting already and, you know, who I'm looking at. Um, um, so yeah, we can, we can share our, share our mock drafts sometime. I'm probably about 30 deep at this point for the April you being, NFL draft. Oh I'm being hundred percent serious. I'm about 30 deep. Oh my I'm, God. It's Mark, the best way to Mark, get to know Mark. these players is like, figure out, okay, which team am I going to draft this time? What are the needs I that think... they're looking at like now? And then as I'm picking players, I'm reading their bios. So I'm getting to know who they are before like all these profiles oh, come out God. it's the way to familiarize yourself man come on research. Mate, you need to get out more you need to get out more it, it, i've it's, given I'm you i've given you a gift card to an amazing brewery go and have a beer go and have a couple of beers there <laughs> do a mock draft there all, all i'm gonna say is it gets really thing. really dark in seattle really really quick because of how north we are so like the, the nightlife just and it's raining you know you know just go that is the greatest inside. thing i think i've ever you you have to you have to cut that and put that in our intro that is the greatest <laughs> thing i think i've ever heard it is now what is the the 20th of december yeah it's already the 20th of december mark, i've only done 30 mark has already done 30 mock drafts for the 2024 uh season um wow so one more note that you've got into the the show notes here uh draymond green huh yeah look i mean obviously it's been a while but finally got um that you know handed down his punishment from the nba i actually think it was the right thing to do to suspend him indefinitely um you've heard a lot of people say you know look he he needs to 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 get help mentally and just to get himself right so he doesn't impact his team down you know any more times going for, going forward he just needs to get better i think when you get to a stage where you almost putting other players at risk and other players' safety at risk where other players are almost don't want to be on the court with him. It's he, he needs to address himself and, and get help from the NBA. But I, but I think it will be phony if they just say, okay, well in a week, okay, he's going to, he can come back in a week or something like indefinite means a large chunk of time. And I just hope that is the case. This has been a very weird calendar year for Draymond Green. Um, and you can watch the stories. You can see the highlights. You can talk, see all the interviews of people talking about how things are going. But there's nothing that's more stand out, that stands out more about this than before this calendar year, Draymond Green had had three suspensions in his NFL or in his NBA career. This calendar year, he's had four. All by itself. Well, yeah. He's suspended, I mean, that's, suspended that's... four times. Since the beginning of 2023, not the 2023 season, uh, the like January this calendar year, he's been suspended yeah. four times. And it's one of those things that you're wondering, like people always want to bring up the whole mental health thing. Like, is there something going on with him? Is he OK? And if there is, we certainly hope that he gets like the help that he needs. But it, it you've also seen him be a loose cannon the majority of his career and I, it might be one of these things where he's just kind of frustrated with the situation that's happening um in in golden state where like you know yeah, things have to evolve things mm. have to change and it might look like he's on the way out at some point uh now he's got himself a big old contract with them uh at the same like caliber that uh steph and clay has i think they gave him like a five-year 200 million dollar contract as well but at some point you have to wonder like like it is it possible that they may be looking to dump his contract on a team that's that that's got that's looking to pick up some other assets as well in like a Brock Osweiler mm. type move where it's like, hey, we'll take him as long as you give us something else. Uh, mm. We'll see. 
Um, you can't really do that in the NBA because you have to match salary for salary when you're making a trade. So they have to have a spot for a max contract to be able to be made trade on that. It, and honestly, if you've ever done NBA like trade simulations and things like that, that is wicked. Like what you have to do to yeah. make just any trade happen. Anyway, um, it, I don't know if we're going to see Draymond Green for the rest of the season. Um, I certainly hope so because mm. I think when he's healthy and when he's like locked in, he's one of the more fa- fascinating contributors to see on the, the court, but that's where he is at this point. Biz, do you have any shout outs? Yeah, I'm just going to shout out. Um, yeah, Cincinnati. Um, I, I was there for the last week. Um, I've been there this same time over the last three years. Um, always have a great time. Um, you know, I've, I've grown to kind of, you know, really like the Queen City. Um, it's, it's a kind of small, big city. Um, and I'm specifically going to shout out Plant Harmony, I believe it's called. So in Cincinnati, there's a famous market called Findlay Market, which is like a big outdoor market, a bit similar to, well, it's not an outdoor market. It's, it's similar to the West Side Market in Cleveland, if anyone's been there. Oh, gosh, West Side's um, great. Yeah, West Side's great. It's much smaller than the West Side Market, but they still have some great stores, you know, great uh, uh, produce and, and great places to buy, you know, food and things like that. And um, there is an amazing plant-based deli there called Plant Harmony. And it was honestly some of the best plant-based deli sandwiches that I've ever had. So shout out to Plant Harmony in Cincinnati for a great week. I'm going to uh, give a shout out to Canelio's Old Fashioned Pizzeria in Morristown, New Jersey, for landing wow. a free photo op and uh, like awesome situation yes. with Tommy Cutlets showing up and not uh, taking any appearance fee after the whole snafu. After uh, the whole, that got de- yes, like. Yeah. Uh, the uh, pizzeria owner had uh, made it very, very clear on social media that he was not happy with the uh, the representation for Tommy Raising Vito, the fee. where yeah. apparently they had come into an agreement in principle, according to the pizzeria owner, uh, that it was going to be a 10K yeah. uh, appearance fee. And they had made the decision. They had done everything in advertisements. And the uh, apparently mm. the uh, agent had come back and said, no, it's 20,000 now because of the, the exposure. And... The agents thing is like, hey, we didn't have a contract like that. This is just the yeah. way that we do business. And the whole world turned on Tommy Cutlets for a brief bit. But yeah, there was yeah. also that one little uh, comment that it seemed like it wasn't by Tommy or his agent, but it, where it had leaked out, I want to say this came through Adam Schefter, that it was reported that apparently Tommy DeVito is kind of sick and tired of all the Italian jokes that are getting made about him. Yes, and to be yeah. fair. If people are taking your heritage and they're mocking it while they're celebrating yeah. you, is, are they really celebrating what you're doing or like how all that is? Or are they turning into a meme? And I don't want to turn Tommy DeVito into a meme. I had fun with the whole Tommy Cutlets thing last week, but at the same time, I, I'm guilty of participating in that whole thing as well. So I want to see Tommy go out there and be successful, although for the sake that I want to see the Eagles be successful, maybe not this week or the last week of the season. Let's have him win the game in between the two of those, but not against the Eagles. But Tommy DeVito, I am rooting for you, and uh, I'm glad that you made things right with this pizzeria by appearing at no cost. Yeah. Biz, my coffee is empty. And because of that, the only thing I can say is cheers. Cheers. Till next time.